The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, what it has been for match day two of the 2022-23 English Premier League. You know, I mentioned that every single week in the, when it comes to Premier League play, there's always a few surprises. Some minor, some major, but the bottom line is we see something that we knew we would never see or quite frankly not anticipate, and we see something that we are sure as hell going to be talking about for quite a long time, and in match day two, we definitely saw it. But before I get too deep, first of all, I should mention that today is a very, very special day for the English Premier League. August 15th. 30 years ago on this day, the English Premier League was born. It has been 30 years already. And now when you sit back and you really, really think about it, you say to yourself, the Premier League is really not that old. It kind of feels like it's been forever but it really hasn't. It has only been there for 30 years. 30 years, and now, for, especially for my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, who's been a soccer fan for a whole hell of a lot longer than 30 years. I mean, he has been through it all with the Premier League. I can honestly say he has the best knowledge, and he, I'm sure he remembers so much of what's happened in the Premier League going back to the 90s. I mean, he remembers when the Blackburn Rovers won the Premier League. <laughs> and Steve has said the stories many times on this show, his knowledge and his passion for the game. For those of you who have been here from the beginning, y'all know that Steve is the best guy to listen to when it comes to talking about soccer because Steve is the man and he's the reason why I started this and he is a major reason why this show is where it is today. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you he will be back on this show. I promise you that. So anyway, again, 
Happy birthday to the Premier League. A little bit older than me because I'm 29 and I turned 30 in January. So, <laughs> imagine that. I'm basically just about as old as the Premier League. A little bit younger, but uh, I'm still there. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I didn't start watching the Premier League until about 1995, 1996. I mean, I always say, like... I'll never forget watching Eric Cantona in that infamous uh, kicking incident. So that was basically my first ever English Premier League memory right there. Eric Cantona's Kung Fu kick. And we all know about that now, don't we? Okay. So talking about the Premier League. So talk about match day two. I mean, we talk about the surprises, but there's really like... The, the results are really at the end of the day, like... Like the final result, there's only a handful of games that's even worth... Spending the time and energy on, but you know, since I'm talking about major surprises, how about I start off with the biggest major of surprise? I should say this is a surprise. I should say this is the piece de resistance. Because quite frankly, I'm going to tell myself these surprises and these particular events that we saw this week, I mean, none of them could be basically considered an appetizer or whatever. This is all in the level of the piece de resistance. So first things first, let's start off with Brentford annihilating and humiliating Manchester United. I said last week that Manchester United played so terrible that they have no passion and no respect for the game. Now those specific words, y'all, no respect for the game. We saw it in this loss to Brentford. So for me to say that it's more than a lack of passion, but it's a lack of respect for the game, those words, ladies and gentlemen, I say with true and deep conviction, you know damn well I am not exaggerating. I am not being too harsh on Manchester United. You all know that I am telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. For me to say that Manchester United right now has absolutely no respect, no respect whatsoever for the game, it is, again, not an exaggeration, and those particular words, it is justifiably solidified because the results are right there in our face. Manchester United is in a predicament. They have conceded six goals and scored only once, and that was an own goal. So make no mistake about it. Honestly, if I'm going to say something with deep conviction, if I'm going to be 100% truthful in a way of saying the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, Manchester United, quite frankly, has not scored a goal. I mean, an own goal is going to, I guess, suppose it counts, but you know what? I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to acknowledge it. Manchester United has not scored a goal. Not on their own. Manchester United is an absolute embarrassment. An absolute embarrassment. And if I want to talk about something being justifiably solidified, that would be the fact that I have zero. And I do mean zero optimism and zero faith in this club moving forward. Zero faith whatsoever. And again, that too is no exaggeration. Manchester United is absolute Garbage. Absolute garbage. And as a journalist, I should not be saying that because many would say that it's not right to say. But you know what? I'm all about telling the truth. And that's the truth for you. The truth hurts. Manchester United has no respect for the game. The team is trash. Absolute trash. And there's just no arguing it. There is no way to argue it. 
0-2, and they are at the bottom of the Premier League. I mean, that is even more embarrassing. That adds even more salt to that already painful wound. But you know what? Manchester United, they did this to themselves. Okay? And next week, they play Liverpool, and we all know how Liverpool's game today ended, okay? Liverpool, make no mistake about it, Liverpool is going to kick their ass. Mark my words, I'll be damned if Manchester United has even a chance of winning this game, because it is not going to happen, okay? I'm a bit worked up, okay? But that's how, I, that's how serious I take my job. In the next week, August 22nd, it's going to be on a Monday, so seven days from now. The game is going to be at Old Trafford. And we all saw what Liverpool did to Manchester United last year at Old Trafford, didn't we? <laughs> well, shall we say that uh, it's going to be uh, history repeating itself? Or uh, is Liverpool actually going to actually basically outshine themselves? Is Mohamed Salah going to be in for another hat trick? That remains to be seen. Now, Diogo Jota, I believe, is still injured, so he won't be there. But moving forward with information, I'll definitely keep up with that when I talk about Liverpool's match. But make no mistake, Manchester United, it has only been two games. We've seen nothing yet. It is going to be the longest season in Manchester United's history if things continue the way they are. Most likely, I don't see any improvement and happening anytime soon. Sorry, y'all, but uh, that's just the God's honest truth. Now, before I, I move on, I want to take a little bit of the, some of the stats, actually. Oh, boy. The fact that Manchester United, four shots on target, none of them went in, and Brentford had seven shots on target, four went in. Four out of the seven shots on target for Brentford, and four of them went in. And Brentford only had 33% of ball possession, only 255 passes, while Manchester United had 525. Huh. Ugh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Up the corner, Bradford, eight corners. Manchester United even missed one big shot, but like that. In the corner of this, Bradford had zero missed chances. Ugh. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Three saves by David De Gea, and Brentford's goalkeeper had four saves, but I'm... T <laughs> oh, I know. Brentford, I mean, I'm telling you, this this is going to be talked about for a soul, for a long time. Probably, I mean, some would say for the next 20 to 30 years, and you know, I, I'll tell you what, this game, Brentford beating Manchester United 4-0 at home, oh, that's going to be talked about for at least 100 years, let me tell you that right now. But anyway, enough about Manchester United. They're too much of, em of an embarrassment. I, you know, some might say I, I wasted too much energy on it, but you know what? I wouldn't say I wasted energy. I just had to spend the time to talk about the God's honest truth. So let's talk about the true team of Manchester right now. Let's talk about Manchester City, shall we? Because Manchester City is 2-0. Of course, that, that puts them right at the top of the uh, Premier League table. They're actually right, you know, right below them is Arsenal, who's also 2-0, and I will get to Arsenal in a little bit. You know, the only difference right now between Arsenal and Manchester City, you know, they've both scored six goals, but Arsenal has conceded twice, while Manchester City has yet to con concede a, a goal. So two consecutive clean sheets to start the season. So whether you hate Manchester City or not, I mean, hey, there's no denying Manchester City's off to a good start, but you know what? That's Manchester City for you. I mean, always, you know, that, that's they start, they start off strong and they intend on finishing strong. I mean, they're a strong club for God's sake. You really cannot deny it.
Well, the sad part is, I guess I, I guess it's a little bit bumming, you know, uh, Mr. Erling Holland did not find the back of the net this time, but it's okay. I mean, he's not going to score every single game. It's not expect him to. You know, Manchester City being the team that they are, a team full of talent, of course, all the players are going to do their jobs. Everybody's going everybody's to put their name on the scoring board. They're all going to put their names in the, in the statistical books. 4-0 for Manchester City. 4-0 against AFC Bournemouth, and it, it was pretty obvious Manchester City was going to win a big one at home. No surprise, so Gundogan put the citizens up front in the 19th minute, and then Kevin De Bruyne doubled in the, 31, in the 31st minute, and then Phil Foden, about six minutes later, made it 3-0. to zero. So... So basically, at, at halftime, with Manchester City being up 3-0, to zero, you know, it, it, the game was already over, and basically, Manchester City, you know, got a fourth goal off of an, off of an own goal, so, you know, the game was pretty much, you know, out of that reach, and Manchester City was kind of basically just, you know, finishing it out like, like that, you know, we've already got a comfortable lead, let's just, like that, but, um, now, even though Holland didn't actually get a goal, he did provide the assist in the first goal, so... So Erling Holland did actually. So Erling Holland did do something. So that's so that's great. Now according to this, a big chance missed. Manchester City did have one. But, you know, Manchester City as great as they are. You know, of course, unfortunately, it happens to them. You know, they'll definitely get some shots. You know, not not quite in. But you know, seven shots on target for Manchester City, and then four came. Uh, uh, four of them, you know, were able to be converted into goals. You know, seeing those six block shots for Manchester City as well. Hmm. Look at all the crosses. You know, it's 27 total crosses for Manchester City, and 10 of which were successful. And 20 clearances by AFC Bournemouth. So the 20 clearances for AFC Bournemouth is actually respectable, and a total of four saves for them. So so while AFC Bournemouth got destroyed, I mean, the clearances and the saves, I, I guess, is actually something that, you know that's pretty respectable. But uh, at the end of the day, Manchester City picked up the win, and Manchester City is on top, and I uh, really can't deny you know the, the kind of talent they are right now. Especially how strong they are as a team. So that's Manchester City. Now let's, now let's go to Arsenal now. Well, Arsenal being 2-0, uh, I mean... You know, I've said many times before, you know, I said that last season. That, you know, with you know, with Arsenal being a team that struggled, you know, for so long now. You know, I, I would always say, when you love soccer the way you do, when you have a great knowledge of it, like that, and you have a huge passion for it. You know, I would say that in my case, I didn't like seeing Arsenal being a struggling team because, you know, for, for me as a, as a soccer fan, <coughs> excuse me, that doesn't really have a particular team. I mean, yeah, I always say I don't have exactly a favorite club, but I always like to tell people if there's a club that's still close to my heart, it's Real Madrid because when I was when I was a kid, I was the biggest Real Madrid supporter when I was a kid. And But again, you know, I still don't say, you know, they're, they're like my favorite team. Like, I'm not a diehard Real Madrid supporter like I used to be, but they're still actually close to my heart because, you know... When you love them so much as a kid, you know, you really just can't let it go, but still. But anyway, you know, but seeing Arsenal like that for so long, you know, I, I didn't like them because I wanted to see the Premier League be as competitive as possible. Like, I wanted to see all the heavyweights be tough and strong so we can see serious heavy competitions from right from the beginning to the very end. So, so Arsenal's off to a good start. I mean, Gabriel Jesus has just been, I'm telling you, you know, we talk about Erling Haaland. You know, started off great, you know, for his club. I mean, Gabriel Jesus for his new club, you know, for uh, Arsenal. I mean, the dude, the dude's doing fantastic, you know. Now, as far as goals go, you know, Gabriel Jesus, you know, one of, you know, numerous players you know, with, with two assists. So, you know, Gabriel Jesus with two assists, and he scored two goals. So, scored two goals in this one right, in this game right here. So, you know, the fact that he, he scored... um 
you know, twice, you know, uh, like like that, you know. Well, yeah, scored twice, and then you know, and then provided two assists. So, you know, Gabriel Jesus, you know, for him to have a, a game with two goals and two assists, you know, <laughs> well, that, that's incredible, right there. <laughs> you know, Gabriel Jesus, you know, scores the first two goals and then provides the assist. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, that, that that's definitely going to be something you know to, to remember well and you know Arsenal's really has got a pace right now and and I think Arsenal you know Arsenal would love to compete in the Champions League again so so I think Arsenal as long if they keep it up I think Arsenal can finally actually have a, a decent season and actually finish in the top four and quite frankly I don't even remember the last time Arsenal even finished in the top four it's it's been probably been that long but. But I'm telling you, Arsenal so far, Arsenal, you know, they got to keep up the good work because you know I I like so far what I've seen from Arsenal and you know again me as a player who as somebody you know a journalist and a fan who just loves the game like that I mean I like seeing Arsenal like that and them beating beating Leicester City four to two and you know and speaking of a uh, Leicester City you know Leicester City is you know also winless you know one draw and one loss so they're in fifteenth place so. But Arsenal, you know, being um, on kind of like in second, you know, I say the the only reason why they're they're in second right now is because you know the like I said, the difference right now between Manchester City and Arsenal is that Manchester City has yet to concede a goal, while Arsenal has conceded a goal. But you know, even if Arsenal had won like with their four goals, even if, even if Arsenal had not conceded, it probably would it would just be like a simple regular tie. So like. Like even though someone now say it's a simple regular tie, but you know right now it's it's goal differential right now that gives Manchester City its lead right now. But uh, but still at least so far we're seeing great things. I mean seeing Manchester City on Arsenal in the top two, then you see then you see Brentford at number three, and then Tottenham at fourth. And uh, and speaking of Tottenham, Tottenham versus Chelsea, folks, y'all better brace yourselves because we talk about that match. Oh, 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 oh. oh I definitely got to talk about that, I and mean, I'll get to that soon, but. Uh, yeah, seeing Gabriel Jesus off to the, to the brilliant start like that, I mean, you, you really, like, know that, you know, I really felt that it was going to happen as, as soon as he moved there. So, you know, Gabriel Jesus, you know, playing for Arsenal, you know, 25 years old, and the dude's amazing. I mean, had a brilliant time at Manchester City, you know, in 159 appearances and 58 goals. So, Gabriel Jesus, you know, did great at Manchester City, and now you know he's he's already making the impact at Arsenal. So, you know he was moving into another chapter of his career, and and I think so far he's doing great. So, so overall at, at Manchester City, a total of two hundred thirty six appearances and ninety five goals in all competitions, and it was one hundred fifty nine appearances in Premier League play and fifty eight goals in Premier League play. So, Gabriel Jesus did great at Manchester City, and so and so far he's really you know he's off to a good start with Arsenal, and hopefully the stint with Arsenal you know just goes amazing as well. Jesus, 25 years old. The dude's still got a whole a whole hell of a lot left ahead of him. He's got a hell of a career ahead of him still. So Arsenal beating Leicester City 4-2. Alright. Now we get to... Well, looking at these interesting games. I mean, Aston Villa beating Everton 2-1. Speaking of Everton, also 0-2. And Everton, along with West Ham United and Manchester United, are basically... In the relegation zone, I mean, both all three of those teams, you know, Everton, West Ham, and Man U, all winless. But you know, the goal differential. See, West Ham has yet to actually score a goal, and they've conceded three. 
while Everton has scored one goal and conceded three times, while Manchester United is in a one for six, negative five goal differential. So, and again, I honestly believe, I, I kind of stick with the words that Manchester United has yet to even score a freaking goal. So, y'all know I'm, t- I'm telling the God's honest truth right there, y'all. So Brighton and Hove Albion, you know, 0-0 tie against Newcastle United. Imagine that Brighton would win, would cover the win at home after they're coming off a road win against Manchester United. You know, beating Manchester United for the first time at Old Trafford. And imagine that Brighton would have been motivated, you know, to win at home against Newcastle United. But, well, they got the draw, but still, not so much to go on. And Wolverhampton and Fulham, a dull and pointless 0-0 draw. Not, nothing really to say, and... Southampton and Leeds United with a 2-2 draw, so, yeah. Definitely making mentions of those games, but really, really nothing to say out of it. <laughs> Alright, so now moving to August 14th on this Sunday. Now, Nottingham Forest beating West Ham United at home. I mean, Nottingham Forest, you know, picking up that win. Well, Nottingham Forest, you know, being in the EPL, certainly good and... You know what's interesting is that you know when Declan Rice missed had his penalty saved by uh, by Henderson in the 65th minute. I mean that that's how Nottingham Forest was able to basically secure their win. I mean like that and you know stoppage time going going to uh, you know to eight minutes. I mean you know and two uh, Nottingham Forest players getting yellow card in the in that late. So yeah, I mean Declan Rice facing that penalty. You know really. Was probably the difference maker uh, as far as losing for West Ham United, but man, but you know, but seeing Nottingham Forest now, Nottingham Forest in tenth place, you know, one win and one loss, a negative one goal differential. I mean, Nottingham Forest, you know, it's, it's two games, so you know, and seeing Nottingham Forest ba- back up there, it's great. So you know, so and I would really love for Nottingham Forest to do good enough to stay up in the top tier, but. Nottingham Forest got the win, and that's that. But now we get to Chelsea and Tottenham. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! You know, after this one, I'm definitely gonna because after this one, you know, we're, we're gonna talk about Liverpool and Crystal Palace. So, so talk about Chelsea and Tottenham, and then followed by Liverpool. I mean, obviously, we're gonna save the the best for last, right? <laughs> Although I'm sure uh, some of the Liverpool supporters said, "Well, if you're talking about best for last, <laughs> yeah, well, Liverpool supporters are definitely be happy." I think it's the Chelsea, <laughs> it's the Chelsea and Tottenham supporters that we're gonna say saving the best for last, but you're gonna have Liverpool last. <laughs> Guys, that's nothing personal. I'm just kind of going through the timeline. But anyway, I'm telling you, Chelsea and Tottenham. When I went back and studied, and I and I do mean I didn't just watch the highlights because I missed the game. I was too tired to, to wake up, or I was like that. You know, I went and it ex- and I studied extensively, and I do mean I steeply studied the highlights because I watched the extensive highlights. Oh man. It is no exaggeration because at the end when Thomas Tuchel said that the two goals for Tottenham should not have counted, in my honest opinion, he, he he's not exaggerating. Now, Chelsea did have a chance to actually, you know, put up a third goal that could have been the the game winner. But, you know, like like that, but you know what? The, the situation was that Chelsea got extremely frustrated. And honestly, it was like late in the second half of the game that was where things kind of I think you know kind of spiraled out of control, but you know when 
Kubi, uh, Koulibaly, you know, put Chelsea up front in the 19th minute in, in such a spectacular goal, you know. And I kind of felt like, no, Chelsea was truly on their way to a magnificent win, but... But then, then things, you know, start, you know, like that, you know, Chelsea's kind of, like, still going out there, you know, like, you know, trying to, you know, keep things to their advantage to the best of their ability. But, oh, boy. This is where I'm, like, really kind of, like, you know, so, like, so worked up on the adrenaline that, you know, I'm having a really difficult time, you know, keeping my train of thought because, you know, of how this game went, like, Especially when Tottenham equalized in the 68th minute. You know, basically, when Tottenham equalized, about 40 sec 45 seconds before the equalizer, and make no mistake about it, Chelsea was threatening. You know, Kai Havertz was basically handling the ball and was kind of like basically making an attempt towards the goalkeeper, and he got fouled. You know, make no mistake about it. You know, that was no doubt a foul by that Tottenham defender. I mean... There's really no way to argue. I mean, you saw it, okay? We all saw it. And then the Tottenham player, you know, Betancourt, the, the midfielder, you know, seeing like, you know, when he basically, you know, I believe, I believe it was Betancourt. I'm not sure if it was him or if it was Romero, but we all, we, we all know like when Kai Havertz was fouled and the referee doesn't even call it. And then about 45 seconds later, Tottenham equalizes. And I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, Thomas Tuchel just, you know, totally, I mean, he and Antonio Conte, you know, nearly got into it, and <coughs> excuse me. That that's what I, mean, I knew that things were just going to get bad right there. So again, you know, this is where it's difficult because you know me as a as a lover of soccer, you know, and and seeing just how the how that referee just did not cause that foul on Kai Havertz, and then forty five seconds later. Tottenham equalizes. I mean, it it was unbelievable because, but but you know, it doesn't even end there. I mean, just wait till right before Tottenham, Tottenham, you know, scored, you know, another equalizer to salvage a tie if, in their in their favor. I mean, it was just you know like it it, it was tough, man. It really was. But but seeing like you know that that referee uh, uh, and I you know I even forgot his name because you know right now I don't even don't want to mention it but okay now I remember his name Anthony Taylor you know there's even been a petition I mean Anthony Taylor who refereed the match I mean even Thomas Tuchel said that you know Anthony Taylor shouldn't even officiate Chelsea matches ever again and I swear to God there was actually a petition that fans actually started a petition to have I think Anthony Taylor banned from officiating. And I believe this, I mean, I don't remember exactly what the petition for, if it was for officiating period or officiating Chelsea games, but that particular petition got 100,000 signatures, at least. I imagine it's well over 100,000 signatures, but, <laughs> but man, I mean, how, how such a deliberate foul gets unrecognized and then Tottenham scores 45 seconds later. Now many many will say that Chelsea the Chelsea is at fault, especially the defense at fault for allowing Tottenham to equalize. I mean, obviously Chelsea was pretty upset, and they, this whole frustration frustration that the referee did not call a deliberate foul on Havertz, you know, must have pissed them off so bad that they got this, they got momentarily distracted. I mean, there's a lot of ways to argue it. 
there's a lot of ways to argue of, of how the equalizer took place. Maybe Chelsea just got so badly distracted because of the frustration, or maybe Tottenham, maybe Tottenham just you know made, made a great play. I mean, I'll be honest, Tottenham's equalizer that made it one to one. That goal was was beautiful. I'm not gonna take that away from that player, but honestly, the goal shouldn't have happened because you know the the, the foul should have been called and the referee the referee didn't do it. Okay, now. Chelsea once again took the lead in the 77th minute, and now Chelsea didn't miss several opportunities of their own that that could have given them the win. But again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna destroy Chelsea on anything. I'm not gonna how you say I'm not I'm not gonna knock them. Honestly, I'm not gonna knock them at all whatsoever. But but in their case, you know, like it it just ended up being a tough day in the office, and it was tough and frustrating, but. You know, but for Chelsea, the Chelsea had three shots on target and two goals went in. You know, and I think one goal that could have been, you know, one, you know, that was missed. You know, I, I believe when Havertz, I, I think, you know, was was not there. Like basically was this close from from, from putting the goal, but then after, then after that, Reese James actually it was in the seventy fifth minute, and then it was two to one, and then Thomas Tuchel, Tuchel, excuse me, Tuchel. God damn it, I always forget. I swear to God, it's it's just so tough, but when Thomas, you know, after Chelsea made it 2-1 to one and Thomas, you know, ran and was celebrating, you know, after that, you know, Antonio Conte even released a message on social media saying that, you know, Thomas was lucky that Antonio Conte wasn't looking because it wouldn't have been well. I mean, I mean, Conte and, and Tuchel just really, you know, I mean, at the end, you should have seen how that handshake, you know, that confrontation after the handshake. Oh, boy. You know, but you know that's when both coaches got a red card, and I think today there was a story that they were both charged, and I'd imagine that that's another way of saying that they were both fined. Um, as far as I mean, as far as both coaches being suspended, I didn't hear anything about that, but I'd imagine they both got carded. So, so I'd, I'd imagine that they both they they both got fined. So, but <clears throat> Tuchel, you know. Well, okay, so Yahoo Sports says there's no automatic bans, but Tuchel and, and Antonio Conte, they've both been charged by the by the FA. Okay, by the English Football Association. Okay, well, but them both being fined is definitely uh, the right move. That's actually, you can't really argue that, but a ban, honestly, I, I guess, you know, them not being banned, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, them both being fined is, is, the, is the key, because at least they're both being punished. Now, now Tuchel at the end, you know, when, when that handshake and when Tuchel, you know, from looks at how Tuchel really kind of like escalated that. I mean, I'm not gonna knock Tuchel off on, on anything. I mean, Tuchel, you know, had a frustrating day. It was a frustrating day for him and his club. So Tuchel kind of lost his temper. Now, and I should mention, I think he was even seriously more pissed about it because when Tottenham equalized, when Harry Kane equalized, you know, from that corner on a header off of a corner, right before that. A Chelsea player was taken down by having his hair pulled. And I believe that was by Romero, by the Tottenham defender, Romero. So, I think, yeah, so earlier, yeah, it was Bentacur who actually took down, uh, if I remember correctly. So, if, I, if, I, if I'm incorrect, for all of you listening, you, you can leave a comment on, my, on, my, on the YouTube channel where this episode will be. Whether who it was that committed that foul or did the hair pulling. But I know that one Chelsea player, you know, was staying down, you know, had, had his hair pulled. And like that, because, you know, Thomas Tuchel... Actually, I uh, made a statement about that. How I was saying that now, all of a sudden, you know, hair pulling is legal. So, so anyway, um, 
So yeah, Ben Takur, the midfielder, I believe he was the one that that, had that that was involved in that penalty with the that foul, I should say, with uh, with Kai Havertz, and then and then Romero, number seventeen, uh, Christian Romero, the Argentine, you know. I believe he was the one that that basically, um, yeah, actually he was okay. So I actually, I actually just, I just saw the picture, yeah, because right now Sky Sports is actually asking, you know, should he have been red carded for that uh, hair pulling foul on on Chelsea player uh, Mark uh, Cucurella? So I think a red card definitely should have been issued. It should have been an automatic red, no no doubt about it. I encourage you watch that play. I mean, how he was just pulled down like that, and the play was stopped. It was actually reviewed. That right there is the most obnoxious, disgraceful act from the referee right there. It's reviewed. It could have been a red... A penalty... If there was no penalty, I... I guess I would have understood it because the ball... It was right before the ball was basically coming in. It was right before the the corner, I think, was taken. But... So, a penalty... No, a penalty not happening, that is... That's not the case. But with a, what, what truly is the case is that it should have been an automatic red on Romero. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I mean, you can't even really argue. I mean, you, you, we saw how it did. And then VAR reviews it, and the referee just does nothing. Nothing. And there's even a time where R- R- Richard Listen of Tottenham was offside, too, you know, at one point. So so it seems to me that Tottenham got away with a, got, got away with a lot. I mean, I, I don't know what the hell happened, but, but I tell you this. The officiating from Anthony Taylor was atrocious it was dis- it's disgraceful it's an embarrassment to the game and and I spoke about this with one of my uh, good friends and my most loyal supporters Mr. Joe Maver and and I asked him this and I, and I said this in a very concerning way because you know because I was both guys who love soccer you know I asked him Joe in your opinion does, does this kind of officiating damage the reputation of the game and he said it, it absolutely does I mean Joe was pretty upset about it well, I mean, I don't know if I want to say upset, but J- Joe was not particularly thrilled. And Joe is a is a strong supporter of Manchester City. But Joe, being a very knowledgeable and sophisticated mind, especially when it comes to knowing and loving soccer, Joe basically would have said, like, whether you like the team or not, poor officiating will will not do anybody well because at the end of the t- at the end of the day, the, the reputation of the sport you know, suffers from this. So. So, in my honest opinion, you know, when Harry Kane, you know, equalized, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from Harry Kane, but but that goal probably, sh- I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the goal still probably could have happened because if the corner had still taken place and if uh, Romero had been sent off, I mean, the corner still would have happened I mean, and a header still, still probably would have happened. I mean, you, you never know. But Chelsea, no doubt, could have won this game, but, sh- but in Chelsea's case... Despite the fact that all the bad things that have happened in this game, I mean, unfortunately for Chelsea, a, a few missed opportunities really, really hurt them. But, but at the end of the day, Chelsea just had a, an extremely bad day in the office. It started out a bit stressful. It got more frustrating. It, it got, it, it it just got bad. But but overall, it was just a horrible day. And unfortunately, you know, teams, you know, th- th- this happens to teams a lot. So. So it's unfortunate for Chelsea, but you know, it's, but Chelsea still probably could have won three to two, but but not to knock off Chelsea or anybody. But you know, what, as far as Chelsea goes, I know this game was horrible, but just you know, as difficult as it is, the best thing to do is move on and focus on the, on the next game, and like that. But but going back, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that that it, it should have been a red card for the hair pulling. I mean, like that. I mean, if you saw it, then. 
then then you know then you, you truly know so that's like that so so as far as uh the managers go Conte and Tuchel I mean they both got fined they both got you know punished accordingly and they both they both got punished so that's that but but Tottenham the way they played and they got away with a lot of things at least at the end of the day it's not like Tottenham ran away with a win too but uh but still, they kind of, they kind of basically. This is almost kind of like a win for them because you know, a deliberate, you know, takedown like that with pulled by the hair, and the referee reviews it, but then doesn't even do anything. Doesn't even red card the player. I mean, it's almost as it's almost as if nothing happened. So that's the most dis disgra disgraceful part about that particular situation from that hair pulling. It was like nothing happened. So, so shame on that referee. Shame on him big time. It's 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 just it's unbelievable, and, and it's unacceptable. But, but I guess you know, I don't know if I should say you know it is what it is, right? I mean that's what some people would say. But, it's unfortunate for Chelsea. But Chelsea, you know, their next game, you know, on the road against Leeds United, you know, the next couple of games, you know, Chelsea's got some very interesting games, especially you know like that they got Leeds United next week, and then they got Leicester City at home, and then back on the road to take on Southampton, and before they they uh, host. West Ham United at Stamford Bridge for being back on the road to take on Fulham. So, so Chelsea has some, uh, Chelsea's next five games are definitely winnable in their favor. Although Chelsea's you know seriously ran up with more problems. I mean the whole issue with with Christian Pulisic, you know Christian Pulisic, you know if, if I if I'm correct, you know he hasn't even started the first two games. I mean he did come in a game against uh, Tottenham, I believe. I believe he came in late, but but you know but you no, know, I basically ran out of this point. I'm kind of asking myself, you know. Doesn't Chelsea have enough problems already? <laughs> but, yep, but Pulisic did come in in the 85th minute, you know, in um, to relieve uh, Raheem Sterling. But, but yeah, you know, at first Romero, yeah, according to Gold.com, the yellow, the red card was canceled. Huh. Wow. So if it was canceled, so that would tell me because I, I, I don't even know how how the highlights, you know, didn't even show it. So I guess at first it, it could have been red, and, the, and then they review it, and then they cancel the red card. I mean, that level of disgrace, of disgrace just, just goes even higher now, y'all. But anyway, through that, so now we finally get to the final game of Top Bell, Liverpool and Crystal Palace. Well, it has truly not been a start for Liverpool, has it? At least not a considerable, favorable, and convincing start, at least. You know, right now I'm really curious to know the thoughts of my good friend Mr. Steve Adams on on how on Liverpool start, but you know how crazy this game goes. You know how you know Zaha for Crystal Palace. You know gives Crystal Palace the lead in in the 32nd minute, and this game was at Anfield too. So you know, so Crystal Palace, you know, leading Liverpool for a long time throughout this game. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, seeing this game how. Liverpool four shots on target and only one goal counted, and Crystal Palace had three shots on target and only one goal went in. So, you know, seeing, you know, considering last week how Fulham led Liverpool twice, and you know, and and Liverpool, <coughs> I, I should I should mention you know you know, and I speak about how I really want to know Steve Steve starts the fact that Liverpool starts off this season with without even a win, two two draws to start the season. In a basically with conceding three times and scoring three times, so Liverpool two draws, three goals scored and three goals conceded. So a little bit of concern. Now the fact that they already that Diogo Jota started the season injured, 
And I think he's probably out for at least a couple more weeks. I mean, I don't remember exact. I mean, I remember the injury. I believe, if I'm correct, the injury was a hamstring injury. But I don't. Rem- I do not remember the timetable of his uh, recovery. But you know, but without Diogo, Diogo Jota, you know, it's definitely good. It was definitely tough for Liverpool. I mean, they still have Mo Salah, but you know, but for Liverpool, I mean, they need their, they need all their players. It was a ham, yeah, a hamstring injury, yeah, but. You know, without Diogo Jota, and you know, in this game, you know, seeing Darwin Nunez when he was sent off in the fifty-seventh minute for a headbutt. Oh boy! I mean, so now next week against Manchester United, they go in without Diogo Jota, Diogo Jota and without Darwin Nunez. So now everybody, so yeah, so I'm sort of thinking, okay, even if Liverpool comes in against Manchester United without Nunez or Jota, Liverpool is still gonna beat the holy hell out of Manchester United. <coughs> I mean, come on. It doesn't matter. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't care if Liverpool is without Diego Jota or Darwin Nunez. They're not going to lose to Manchester United. Liverpool is not going to let that happen. Liverpool would love nothing more than to pick up their first one of the season by destroying their lifelong enemy foes, which would be Manchester United. So, anyway. But seeing, like, the, the starting lineup, you know, seeing Salah and then... Nunez and Sarah, then and then Diaz as well, and Diaz is actually the one who salvaged the tie. For, excuse me, Diaz was the guy who actually uh, salvaged the tie for Liverpool, and you know, I apologize for that. I was yawning and then accidentally, uh, accidentally belched. Pretty embarrassing, but anyway, you know, it was for Diaz to basically uh, salvage the game you know, in the 61st, 61st minute. I mean, four minutes after Darwin Nunez is sent off and. You know, with this particular red card, I mean, what Darwin Nunez did, I'd imagine that the suspension is going to be more than one game. I mean, I, th- I mean, if, uh, it's it's kind of different because because I remember in the Champions League, if it's if it's a straight red card, it's a, it's a two game suspension. But I forget I forget how that rule works in the in the Premier League. But but we all know that Darwin Nunez is de- is at least suspended for one game. So I mean, I I don't know. You know, moving forward, I'm not sure exactly how long, but. Jurgen Klopp said that, insisted in, in the post-game conference that Nunez was um, was provoked. I mean, even if Nunez was provoked, I mean, you know, there's a lot of times where players are going to easily, deliberately pro- provoke you just to get you to react. I mean, I, I think Nunez just kind of lost his temper, you know, much like Thomas Tuchel. Darwin Nunez lost his temper and obviously made a mistake, and he's, you know, he's got to he's got to pay for it. So, I mean. You know, of course, you know, everybody asked me about the head, but, you know, everybody, you know, of, of course, you know, this has me thinking of my hero, Zinedine Zidane, but, but as far as Nunez goes, uh, I'm, a- I'm actually trying to, I'm actually trying to see if there's anything about, about him, him being suspended, but, but obviously we know that he's going to be suspended for the game against Manchester United, but, but because this was kind of a violent act and a violent encounter like that, and I, I would not be surprised if the, the suspension was more than, was was more than a game, so I mean I don't know. I'm actually trying to see, but you know, but it's I mean one thing's for sure he, he's he's not playing against Manchester United, but honestly, I'd imagine this this would definitely have to be a minimum of, of a two game suspension. So I don't know, but it's unfortunate. I mean, right now you know they don't have Liverpool without Diogo Jota and Darwin Nunes. I mean that kind of makes things a bit more difficult, but but honestly, I, I, I really don't think this is going to affect them against my, Manchester United, so 
Yeah. So Liverpool, it, it's a tough nut, tough nut to crack for them, but I think you know so far that despite the edgy start, they should be good to go. So, um, but as, as as far as uh moving forward, you know, uh, I I really don't much to say. So anyway, well, you know, I'm looking at the red, the red card rule. So basically, in in Premier League, yeah, for sending off a second yellow card in one game, yeah, the suspension period is is one match. So if you if, if you, like that, so I'd imagine this is definitely gonna be uh, at least a, a minimum of, of of a two match ban. So I imagine Nunez is definitely gonna be definitely gonna be fined uh, as well. So so but of, of course you know I know I remember the stool says a straight red card. You know it, it a straight red card for dissent is a is usually a two match ban, but a dangerous tackle or violent conduct can actually result in a three match ban. So which can which can be rates. So now I'd imagine so. Yeah, it's definitely going to be at least he's probably going to be suspended. He's probably definitely going to be suspended for at least three games. I mean, yeah, because you know, according to this, you know, this is gold.com too. So yeah, so I'm glad I actually brought this up. You know, this episode. Yeah, so 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 at least so it could be a minimum of three games. So I think in Nunez's case, a three-game suspension is reasonable enough. But it wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit more than that. But. Uh, but in Darwin Nunez's case, I mean, I hope he learns from this. He's got he's to know. I mean, I get it. There's a lot of frustrating times. There's players that will deliberately provoke you, but, you know, you you got you to gotta understand. Those players are de- deliberately trying to get in your head. And you gotta, and you you got to prevent them from doing that. But but at the end of the day, Nunez just lost his temper, and it happens. And, you know, he did what he did, and now he's going to be punished for it. And that's really all I got to say about it. So, so that's that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up my recap of Premier League Match Day 2. Before I let you go, I'd like to remind you that Internet FC is proudly partnered with Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and much more, including Major League Soccer as well as European Soccer. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just use Internet FC's link and you can take advantage of some of the best deals in the world. And attention to all you pro wrestling fans. WWEShop.com is also now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to get your WWE merch with Fanatics, just find the link in the description and you can get your pro wrestling merch immediately. Internet FC is also proudly partnered with Fans Idea, where you design your own team jerseys for as low as $24.99. Custom jerseys can be made in a matter of seconds through customizable templates. You can design the perfect high quality. It is fast and easy. No skills are required. So for any of you, if you are ready to customize your own sportswear, just find the link in the description of this episode and you can get started immediately. And finally, Into the Net FC is also partnered with Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now and get a free channel. So if you're looking to, excuse me, get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just find the link in the description, and you can start binge-watching your favorite shows and prepare for the Champions League immediately. And Internet FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today. And I will see y'all next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.